Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. I am Nate, your dungeon master and person who does the final edit cuts like this one. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you got this podcast. Let's get started right away. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes denied vampire blood to Guire, the half-vampire, who attacked them in a rage, and it was three on one. So it's like, well... Fundamentally, I wanted to believe that as long as he fed, he could maintain control of his nature, but that clearly isn't the case. Jalen thinks about this for a minute and nods slowly and says, okay. And she'll uh, she'll hand Jessica Kylan's dagger. So Jessica gets to sawing. Our heroes learn from the local knowledge tree that the great agreement between the powers of Fenrir was broken in years past, but was only recently dissolved when our heroes killed Vampire Lord Mason which removed the blessing from the land that makes crops grow, but left the thorns intact. The deal's wording predates me, but I can tell that there was a prohibition between the forces of the Fairy Queen, King Fenrir, and Lord Mason. I'm afraid the details are lost to time, but that is the only deal that would govern the entirety of this land. Mm. And this was struck between the three. And it persisted until about an hour ago. So it's done. Correct. The land is no longer blessed. No. The fact that the bane seems to persist would imply that whoever broke it is alive. Our heroes charmed another mutated land shark and named him Hugo. Yeah. I mean, he can come with us until we get to the edge of the thorns probably keep anything else at bay. <sighs> That's true. He could bring up the rear. As long as nobody fights him. Not as long as you're sweet-talking him. I'm not gonna pick a fight with that. Our heroes experimented with planting seeds from the great fey trees to try to create safe zones from the thorns. I'm going to where the willow, the little willow tree was buried, and am casting plant growth. You cast plant growth. A year of growth goes by. A willow sapling sprouts up it gets two three feet high the thorns around it i'm gonna roll a d20 here the thorns around it respond to it like it's a willow like it's one of the fey trees they back off a solid 50 feet and then they had a quick standoff with some giants before arriving back to house lunari all three of the heads kind of all laugh simultaneously on the two giants and the big purple one says, no, I would never join that monster's court. And the two-headed giant, one of the heads says, she wouldn't take you, you're too ugly. And then the second head on the second giant says, well, you know, I offered to join her court and she simply wasn't interested. All right, let's get back into it. Hi, I'm Nate, and I will be your dungeon master. I'm Sandra, I play Sable the Druid. I'm Mandy, I play Jalen the Rogue. I'm Julie, I play Silpha the Wizard. After about an hour, you arrive back at the edge of the property of House Lunari. It is a little after noon, you think. On our way back, I think I'll, I'll do an assessment of how filthy and possibly covered with crusted blood we are. We're probably pretty disgusting. We're probably pretty gritty looking. I think we need to find a stream to clean ourselves up. I don't think, unless we're carrying some kind of game back with us, 
I think it would be unacceptable for us to appear at the Lunaria state in the state we are in. <laughs> there was a moment where you all sweated blood from every pore in your skin. But we did run underwater, too. Yeah! You might want to roll survival to find a stream. Get cleaned up before you officially get seen. Do we all roll this? No, just just one person. I am not going to. I will, I'll roll it. I've got good survival, but... You'd have to split up if you wanted to roll separately. Right, right, right. No, 17 for me. 17? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not getting into a stream. Well, you find a stream. I'll kill everything in it. I'll, I'll <laughs> kill everything close to me in it, so I'm not going to We do could that. put water in skins and give it to her to wash off. Well, I, I'm sure I can find a bucket. Well, and in between, Silpha is, is using prestidigitation. Yeah. I think Jalen just does, she'll get her face and, like, any skin that's exposed, but, like, her armor's all cut up and everything, so she knows she's going to look rough no matter what. All of my clothing, all my wraps and everything are completely covered in blood. I can just, I can rinse off, but that's about as good as it's going to get until I can actually honestly do something about this and change clothes. Sylpha will use as much magic as possible to clean everyone. It would take hours. Prestidigitation cleans a one-foot square at a time. Oh, okay. So, Sylpha, give me an arcana roll to clean everybody up. Great. Oh, 21. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You guys don't... I mean, you look like you've spent a couple nights in the woods when you come out, but you look otherwise good. What do you do with Hugo, who is very excited to just keep following you around? Oh, right. When we get to the edge of the thorns, before we even get out of the thorns, I'll be like, Hey, thanks for coming with me. You're such a good boy. Hugo's very excited about this. Yeah. All right. Now, very important. You gotta go home. Roll me handle animal. Oh, I rolled a 17. So that will be a 21. Okay. Go on now. I'll see you later. Hugo disappears and sort of digs into the ground and is gone. He appeared to be heading in the right direction. You don't feel him under you anymore. Okay. I give it a good, like, solid minute. So it's it's about two o'clock by the time you all uh, are back at House Lunari. When you step onto the property, a group of Thorns Cutter sees you, and one of them comes jogging away from the group towards you. When he gets there, he says, Um, uh, I was asked when we saw you to relay a message. There is a house mentor agent on the property. Shit. No one has explained why he's here, but I was told to alert you, specifically Silpha. Ah, I see. Jalen goes, can you look like somebody else? Not in the best way possible, but in a temporary way. That might be good, because you're supposed to be in town at court, right? She nods. And then I will disguise myself as your new friend, Raven. <laughs> <laughs> is that the same one she wore when she went to Thalia? Yes, I think this is becoming Silpha's favorite alter ego. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah, you have. You can help her with disguise, can't you? Oh, I can. I do have disguise She can kit. both do that and my, my magic illusory disguise. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Jalen will help whatever way she needs. Jalen, roll me disguise kit. Jalen right. perfects the smoky eye makeup that Silpha was going for. Yeah. Jalen rocks the eye makeup. Oh, I do have proficiency. Excellent. Okay. Because you're disguising someone else rather than selling your own disguise, use intelligence as your stat. You just use my intelligence mod? Okay. 18. Silpha pops the magic on. You actually muddy it up a little bit, make it look a little less perfect. And that seems to sell it. Okay, great. Should we go in a back way? I mean, should we sneak in? I'll say, I honestly think that I should head home. There's enough light left for me to make it. Okay. 
are you safe to return home? You know, with... I don't know. I will have Helena and Cass. I think, Helena, Cass, would you be coming with me? Helena says, yes, I, there's still a job there for me. I'd like to have it. And Cass needs work too, so... I, I don't know if there's really any place that's safe for me in the kingdom. So I am more likely to be welcomed there than most anywhere else that I can think of. Jaylene sort of nods her head slowly and says, if the enemy status is removed, I imagine there's some things you need to see to there. She'll just nod. She won't say much of anything. She's not really meaning Jalen's eyes. Mm -hmm. Cass will chime in and say, I'm actually going to get work in town as a free person in town. And Helena turns and gives her kind of a startled look and says, what, what's wrong with House Varathy? And Cass says, Yennefer Varathy? Mm -hmm. And just gives her this, like, you're an idiot look. And Helena says, oh, fair point. Jalen says, can I walk you to the road? Saba will just shrug at that and look back at Helena and Cass and say, I'm not suggesting that we stay there for good, but as far as I know, we don't have any other places to stay, do we? Cass says, no, but I've got skills. I can make something work. And Helena says, I have worked for House Varathi my whole life, and I intend to continue. And despite what we know about Yennefer, I have business. Do you want to walk with us, Cass? Yeah, sure. I'll walk with you into town, and then maybe I'll stop at the temple or something. Okay. Well, we need to have some conversations about the circle, too, so at some point you are going to have to come to the Varathi estate. Okay. I mean, there's duties we can talk about later. Yeah, sure. I'm just not going to work for Yennefer Varathi. I get it. All right. Jalen will look at Silpha Raven and say, I'll catch up with you in just a minute. And then she's going to walk with Sable. Is she just going to head straight down to the road? Yeah, unless anybody is like, no, come along with us. She is just going to head straight out. Jalen's going to say, say, as they're walking down the road, she's going to say, Sable, I know you're upset with me. There's something Kylan said to me once a few years ago. He told me, he said, liaisons make you strong and relationships make you weak. I don't think he was right about that. You caught me considering something that was going to be selfish and manipulative and deceitful and hypocritical. And I'm sorry that I was considering that. And I'm grateful to have someone like you who knows me well enough to catch me before I do something that disastrous. And she stops. Sable's quiet for a while on that. Mm -hmm. Clearly just kind of lets it roll around in her head. But as they kind of get to the bottom of the hill before you get to the Varathy estate that heads off onto the road, she'll pause and she'll say, look, Jalen, I can't understand the draw of family and I can't fault you for wanting to protect one, so... Jalen kind of laughs a little bit, and she says, Sable, I, I am so confused, and I'm conflicted and afraid, and I'm paralyzed with indecision, because it seems like everything, every decision goes bad. And I am realizing that this is how you've been feeling for a while, and we didn't understand 
so... Well, you were succeeding. I mean, things were going well. Yeah, so I thought they were. I sure, sure as fuck thought they were, Sable. Listen, I don't know what's waiting for you at home, and you need to be careful, and you need to know that you can call on us both. You can call on me, too, if you need it. Please don't not call us, okay? She nods. Okay, I'll see you soon. Okay. And she will turn and leave her, her head back up to the house. I'm gonna basically pair myself with Jessica and Jalen and not be seen without them, since I would be perceived potentially as a stranger, so it would make sense if I seemed like a stranger that was attached to them. <laughs> attached to guests. Well, you know, <laughs> in a servant capacity or something like that. Oh, okay. Is that the story we're going with? She's waiting on us? I mean, it's fine. Yeah, I think that okay. is sufficient. So you two come back together just outside of the house. Mm-hmm. With Jessica. With Jessica. Mm-hmm. So we go in? Did you, I mean, okay. are we going in the front or are we going in the back? I guess we, we'd probably stop somebody and say, do you know where Lady Miev is? Yes, she's at a funeral at Lord Mentor's in the middle of town. A funeral? Yeah, there was some sort of big fairy attack. Are Gina and Melise around or did they go too? Uh, they went too. Well, Gina went. Melise is still here. Do you know where she is? Yeah, she's around in the... Um, the honey-making area. All right, we'll go out to the honey-making area. Okay. Yeah, you, you find the sort of spot where they actually process and jar honey. <laughs> I saw that, Sandra. <laughs> the honey-making area. We go to the honey spot. <laughs> Melise is in the jarring area, taking an inventory. All right, Jalen will go, hey, Melise. Uh, yes, you're back. Yeah, what, what happened? Details aren't great, but some kind of thorns beast attacked House Drury. Basically, just before you left, late that night, you were gone before the message got here, but yeah, several champions were killed, and Lorelei Varathy's dead. Holy shit. She looks at Jessica and Raven Silfa. Jessica gives you a, like, I don't understand what, we're, what the big deal is kind of face. Okay, out of character, she knows that Lorelei Varathy is up there. Yeah, like, yeah. Getting murdered. I mean, she understands the significance of that, She right? realizes that a key heir to House Varathy was murdered by fairy creatures in House Drury. But the impression you get is if they don't mean anything to her, they don't mean anything to her. Right. Okay. She looks at Sylpha Raven. <laughs> Raven's eyes are pretty wide. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, is there anything we should be doing? Well, I, if you need to be seen at a funeral, you should probably head into town to the House Mentor Estate. Okay. Otherwise, I think... You wait here till it's over. It sounds like it's going to be a rushed job, so it's just today. You'll be showing up at the very last part of it. Yeah, that's going to be gauche. All right. Thanks, Melise. Did Miev leave any messages for us? She didn't leave them with me. Okay. Maybe check Silfa's room? Okay. Yeah, we can do that. So we'll head into the house. Okay. Did she respond at all to Silfa Raven? No. Okay. Good disguise. Didn't register at all. <laughs> all right. So we'll... we'll... Go. Come along, new friend Raven. <laughs> new friend, servant Raven. <laughs> so you head to the governess's suite, and on the governess's bed, there are several sheets of paper that have just been left there. As you read through them, there's one that basically is a an announcement from town that there was an assault on House Drury. Thorn's beasts are credited directly in the, in the writing, and Lorelei Varathy is dead. There's some sort of event that's happening 
it's a rush job, everybody's supposed to be there. And there are lots of phrasings that are trying to calm people down because there seems to be a rash of large-scale assaults from the thorns. And House Drury is landlocked, away from the thorns. So something ah. had to walk through someone else's land to get to them. Okay. And so the implication is that people are freaking the fuck out. Right. Okay. And that's it? Yep. Well, actually, no, that's not it. There's another one that says, I'll be back after the funeral. If you're back before I get here, please wait for me. Jalen looks at Silver Raven and says, so we sit tight? Out of character, I'm trying to think of how to deal with it. Because I imagine that, well, Leslie has the ability to shift their disguise a lot more frequently than, than Silpha does. So I imagine that both Silpha and Leslie can be seen at this event <laughs> as they're supposed to be. Silpha reads through the notes and kind of flops on the bed and says, yeah, I think we just hold tight for now and check in with Miev as soon as possible. I should see what Skrix has overheard. Mm, that's a good idea. So yeah, Skrix comes in and says, Silpha, nice disguise. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. What, what name am I calling you? The name's Raven. Yes, Raven. Nice disguise. <laughs> it's not very much of a disguise if, if people are commenting upon it. The cat jumps up and kind of does this big, full-body stretch and says, You forget... Oh, your mind can feel my mind when we're this close together. It goes the other way around, too. And the cat sort of curls onto the pillow. What have you heard about, well, events of the past few days? Mm. What are people saying? Well, House Miev has not been assaulted by Thorns Beasts, but they are concerned that they're next, or perhaps House Lunari is next. But yeah, that's about it, really. Who knows? Frankly, this isn't really the best place for gossip. Although, I can tell you that most people think you make a very cute couple with Leslie. Jalen just smiles. <laughs> if you were looking for more juicy gossip, unfortunately, that's all I got. Yeah, so should we send Jessica in to catch the end of the funeral? I mean, Lord Evans is probably pissed he couldn't find either of us, unless Leslie made excuses for us. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I imagine Leslie's doing her best to keep a solid cover story for us so maybe we shouldn't meddle with that okay well i'm gonna go find cora and talk to her about these willow seeds because i think we should do it here first sable you hit town it is very clear there's an event going on it is at house mentor all of the carts are there all of the shops are closed everybody has moved to the main thoroughfare you don't need any dice at all to tell that there's a big event coming on. And as you get to the main thoroughfare, a large House Varathi carriage with two House Varathi champions carrying House Varathi banners are marching up the thoroughfare. Oh, goodness. Okay. Is it just them marching up? Yeah. They're, and they're kind of making like a big show of it, but there's people are turning and looking at them. Oh, so there are people. Basically, everybody's lying in the thoroughfare. All of the shops around town are closed and moved to the thoroughfare. Yeah, I will be part of the crowd as this happens. Okay. I mean, I'll look at Helena and say, is this a House for Athy thing? It looks like a House for Athy thing. Should we be looking for family? That's our carriage and our champions. Yep. Yeah. Is there anyone behind them? Nope. 
Yeah, I'll just kind of follow along on the crowd side of things to see what's happening. Okay. Roll me perception. <laughs> I rolled a one. Okay. <laughs> Can Helena it's confusing. maybe roll the perception? The curtains are drawn on the carriage. You can't tell who's in it or what's in it. Yeah. It rides by and heads directly into the front gates of House Mentor. Okay. I have no idea how I'm going to be greeted at House Mentor, but Helena is still considered a champion of the house, right? Yep. All right. So I'll nudge Helena. I'm sorry. Are we going in together or? I, should we? Cass says, well, I'm out either way. I'm going to actually head to the chapel, so. It might be closed. Maybe, but I'd prefer not to bump into Yennefer at all. Okay. And she disappears into the crowd. And Helena says, well, I guess we go find out what's going on. Yep. So, you head through the front gates. The guards just give you a nod. Oh, okay. Well, cool. They appear to be keeping commoners out, and you're not, you don't count. I don't? Apparently not. Hey, that's cool. Not enough for them to stop you. The front area where the matron's funeral was held is all set up again. Chairs are all sort of makeshift. Benches are put up all facing a central pyre. They're filled with people. The pyre itself is sort of off to the side. Again, something wrapped in cloth is on it. And the Varathi carriage has actually pulled up around the crowd right up to the pyre. And several people are standing. There's consternation, confusion, upset on lots of people because this is a big faux pas. For them to be pulling up like this? Yes. They've pulled up not only right at the ends, but they didn't park their carriage in the carriage place. They rode it right up to the funeral pyre. Oh, gosh. Lord Mentor was apparently giving a speech. Everything has stopped. Everybody's looking at the carriage. And you see the door of the carriage fly open. And Yennefer steps out, and she is holding a large tray of something. And you can roll me a perception. That will get me 18. Okay. She's carrying Wu's reincarnation reagents. All of them. What? She's going to reincarnate Lorelai. Oh, you fucking... Okay. Wow. You have a few minutes as she gets out, settles herself, and walks over to the pyre, and then, without saying a word to anyone, starts to set up a ritual. Uh, you said I have a few minutes, right? Yep. If I've got a few minutes, I'm going to work my way up there. Cool. She is setting up a ritual next to the pyre. Everyone looks pissed. I'll say, Jennifer, what are you doing? Oh, hello, Sable. We are about to turn this into a great fortune. Using these items? Oh, yes. She turns and leans in near you so that people can't hear. And she says, these things are worth at least half the cash value any households. I understand, but I sent them to you for a different reason. Well, you sent them to me. This is how I think we should use them. What of Master Wu? Master Wu is a gardener, dear. Lorelai Varathi is a core asset to both our house and the Drury's. I suspect I can turn this into more gold than the house has had in its coffers in three generations. Just makes sense. Wouldn't she also be, in essence, your enemy? Not if she brings her back from yeah, the dead. Yeah, not if she brings her back from the dead. I get that, but... Yeah. I suspect she will be grateful. Maybe she'll return to the house, where she belongs. <laughs> but she hates me. <laughs> yeah, just give me one second. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, uh, You're on uh, the spot. <laughs> yeah, she's like... We can edit all the on-the-spot parts out. Yeah, she... <laughs> She says, yikes. I can't. There's nothing I can really do to stop her. I know that. I mean, this is, this is all very public, yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, 
This is happening in front of everyone. There's nothing you can do subtly to stop her. Yeah. Mm. Oops. You can, you can grab fire. a jar and run like hell. I mean, that would stop her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's not going to look very good. No. No, look awful. <sighs> you could grab a jar, yell at Lord Ventor, you'll thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> that is so not what my character would do. My character. Baby steps, Master Wu. <laughs> God damn it, I wanted Master Wu back. I know. <sighs> Dang it. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to say to her again quietly. Jennifer, do you know who who killed Lorelai? Thorns beasts. That's what everyone says. Apparently they broke... Well, I mean, they tore her whole little cottage down to get at her. That sounds like a direct attack. Oh, God. Well, perhaps she was a threat to somebody. Yes, perhaps she was. Lorelai gives you a very... Not Lorelai. I'm sorry. Yennefer. Yennefer gives you a very sly smile. Lorelai continues to have dead eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lorelai gives you a sly smile and everybody runs. Yeah. <laughs> retreat! <laughs> retreat, retreat! <laughs> okay, I'm just going to do one more thing. I'm just going to say, I, I want you to understand that Lorelai... <sighs> intended to have me killed hmm well that was probably when she thought you were the most likely to have a legitimate legal claim on the house and well now that's me so i think the risk to you is considerably reduced what about the risk to you well she's going to owe me her life i'm not sure that that would stop her Hmm. maybe not but trust me i think i'll take the chance I'm going to fucking stand aside and let her do it. Okay. An overt demonstration of power. <sighs> what is Mentor doing in all this? He's looking pissed and flustered and tried to restart his speech a couple times and no no one is looking at him. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she stops and starts to chant. I am so going to watch every single bit of this. I want to learn that reincarnation ritual so bad. So... This ritual is, one, incredibly expensive and very time-consuming. So she's going to be here for an hour as she paces around this thing, chanting. She occasionally stops, pulls new reagents off, and burns it. At one point, Lord Mentor actually gets off the stage. Magic on his property. Yeah, he gets <sighs> off the stage and he walks up and does like, What do you think you're doing? And she just holds a finger up and keeps going. And you can see him getting bright red and increasingly flustered. I mean, everybody who is anybody is looking at him now, as he is not taking control of the situation. Lady Mentor walks up behind him, puts a hand on his shoulder, and says, Dear, she appears to be attempting some kind of magic. Maybe she can save her? And Lord Mentor stops. You can see him calm himself down. And then he says, I would like an explanation, please. And he turns and looks directly at you, Sable. Because you were just talking to her, so obviously you know what's going on. I put hands up and say, L Lord Mentor, I have only just returned from seeking one of our own champions. And <laughs> I know very little about this, but I can tell you that what I see there, the design of this and the ritual that I see is, is one of great potency having to do with life. And so I think that may very well be what she is trying to do. I hear that Lorelei was killed by thorn beasts. Yeah, some sort of... My investigating champions referred to it as some sort of mutated locust swarm. 
they demolished the cottage she was in it was gruesome and now that we have had mutated thorns monster attacks on four of the major houses if you include the the Pornino family's activities along the thorn line we find ourselves at a disadvantage everyone is quite concerned and this this show is frustrating i'm trying to regain control here and he stops and says <clears throat> as i foresaw in putting a very powerful druid in the position of the head of house varathi uh, replacing the matron perhaps we will see the fruit that this decision bears today i would like everyone to know that we are doing everything in our power uh, and we will tap yennefer repeatedly to protect the other houses hmm. and there's some slight nods and then sort of whispers roll through the crowd and then people are quiet for about 20 minutes while yennefer just keeps doing her thing at any point where there is a pause in this because there has to be some pause like when she goes to pick something up or anything i'll be there to like do something that will not interrupt it like maybe lay something down or hand something to her and i will just say to her don't you forget who gave you these items roll me persuasion please be good please be good please be good kind of perception you that's not bad that's you know 13 plus 4 17 17's good yennefer smiles at you and as she's picking something up and there's a break in the chanting she says you're going to be quite useful to the house dear and just (laughs) turns and heads back to what she's doing all right who wants to roll me the d100 for reincarnate i will let's see it she's my family let's see if she's still human Oh, I hope she's the tiefling and everyone's like, oh my god! 88. 88. Oh, she is a human. Oh. The odds were not good. That's But that's what boring. you rolled. That is boring. All right. Roll it again. Roll the it again. Dice are the just dice, just to see. 48. If I had rolled the 48, what would she have uh, been? She'd have been a gnome. <laughs> Thalia's new best friend. But, uh, but she's a human. She'd have got a lot life, longer lifespan out of that one. But no, she she gets human. So, you touch a dead humanoid or a piece of dead humanoid. Provided that the creature has been dead no longer than ten days, the spell forms a new adult body for it, and then calls the soul to enter that body. So, a brand new human body forms. Go ahead and give me a d6. Evens are a lady. Odds are a boy. It's a two. It's even a lady. Go ahead and roll me another d100. This this went well. I mean, as well as Yennefer could have hoped it to go. Right. 44. 44? Okay. A 44-year-old female body, stark naked, is whisked into existence. Leaves and twigs and brambles fly together, slowly spinning around in a vortex as a body comes into existence. Its eyes flutter open and coughing falls to the ground. And a huge breath comes in and out of this woman. And she stands up and says, what What happened? And everyone in the whole crowd just stares, silent, mouth ajar. And Yennefer says, you're back, Lorelei. Congratulations. And Lorelei looks around and says, I'm back. And Yennefer takes this sort of shawl she's wearing off and wraps it over Lorelei and says, you may want to go find some clothes and points her to the carriage that is there. And she goes to climb in the carriage and Yennefer turns to address the crowd and says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the power of the Druids. 
It is at this time that I would like to invite everyone who wishes to regularly attend our worship services, which will be held monthly on the night of the full moon. Thank you. Well, I was about to say, while she's giving that speech, I'm scurrying into this carriage. Okay, you climb into the carriage. Uh, uh, this woman does not look anything like Lorelai. Yeah. For starter, she's 10 years younger, a little more than that. And she's sort of sitting, shivering on a on a seat, looking bewildered. I'll say, Lorelai? Yes, Sable? You are back. I am back, yes. I'll see what I can do to find out who actually killed you. Thank you. And I want you to remember that I'm doing that for you, after what you did to me. Yes. She looks around this tiny carriage that you and her are in alone. Roll me Intimidate. You have advantage. Oh, uh, that didn't really help. So I got a 10. So I'm not very intimidating. She takes it with stride. She was not finding her poise while standing naked in front of the entire kingdom. Yeah. But now that she's back in the carriage, she seems to be pulling it together. And she says, well... I will not forget this kindness. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to need to get dressed. And she... I'm already at the door. Okay. There is actually, like, clothes and things inside this carriage. Mm -hmm. She appeared to have been ready for this. I just nod to her and step out, probably almost straight into Yennefer. Yep. Yennefer says, Sable. Are you going home? Would you like a ride back? Yes. Have you met Helena? Yes. Helena, where have you been? You disappeared last night. And Helena says, uh, that was, um, not me. And Yennefer says, oh. And she leans in really close and whispers something into Helena's ear. And Helena says something back into her ear. And she nods and says, well, if the two of you would like a ride back, let's give Lorelai her privacy inside the carriage. I'll be in there with her anyway. Uh, but if you want to hop up with the driver. I certainly don't have a problem with that. Okay. Yennefer climbs in and the carriage rolls away. And it's the mid-roll, and that means it's time for fairy facts. Today, the pixie. Pixies are British fairies, generally from around Cornwall, that are called pigsies. Or, when they're in their hedgehog form, they're often called urchins. Funny side note, the story of Three Little Pigs is likely originally about pixies. Pixies are tiny elf-like fairies that dress in green and dance in the moonlight to the natural music made by frogs and crickets. Pixies are troublemakers who love a good time. Their favorite activity is to steal a horse for the night, riding them around on a joyride, or dropping pots and pans in the kitchen. So mischievous is their reputation that when a person gets lost by following a bad landmark, they are said to be pixie-led, or get this, pixelated. This word later becomes used to describe a general state of confusion. Like most fairies, they can turn invisible with their glamour powers and take the form of animals, which is often a hedgehog. Pixies are generally harmless, and some, like their queen Joan the Torch, are associated with good luck. They do not have wings. The best way to deal with a pixie is to leave them some cheese, and they might thresh some wheat for you while you sleep. There you have it. Back to the show. Does anyone want to do anything at the Lunari House estate specifically? Before people get back from the funeral. Yes. Jalen wants to have, she wants to flag down Cora and Melise and have a talk with them. Okay. 
You can find both of them as they are not technically royalty. They were not really invited to the funeral. Although Gina did go, didn't she? Gina did go okay. with Vanessa. Okay. And while neither of them are technically royalty, Vanessa can go anywhere she damn well pleases. It's true. She has the multi-pass social card. <laughs> social multi-pass. Everyone knows Vanessa. You can find Cora. She is down in the orchards. Uh, she'll say, hey, Cora. Jalen, what, yeah. what can I do for you? Uh, I hate to interrupt your work because I know you're very, very dedicated to it. But I was wondering if I could have a little talk with you and Melise about a um, little idea I have. She turns and kind of looks at the tree, looks back at you, looks around, sort of gives this big kind of exasperated sigh and says, I don't... I don't know what's wrong with the trees. They all just got kind of sickly all of a sudden. She's going to look at the tree. Roll me uh, nature. Um, uncharacteristically, Jalen rolled a 19, which is a 22 for nature. Okay. This isn't so much like Jalen knowing about the life cycle of trees or anything. It's just when you were here last time, the air was filled with buzzing, despite the fact that it's a little chilly outside, given that it's autumn. And the the trees themselves were basically in full bloom constantly. And the leaves have started to turn colors. They've started to droop a little bit. Mm -hmm. So they're just visually very different than when mm -hmm. you left. She says, well, I mean, pretty late into autumn. I mean, isn't it normal for them to go dormant for the winter? Yes and no. We normally get growth basically until the first snow. And it hasn't snowed. so. This mm. is, this is strange. And I mean, every tree all at once. I, I, I'm sorry, Cora. I, I don't know as much about trees as you do. Well, I, anyway, I'm sorry, Jalen. It's just, and well, she shouts to someone just, I guess, add more fertilizer. I don't, okay, Jalen, I guess I'm free. I'll try not to take too long. So we're going to go find Melise. You find her and she uh, looks at you both as you walk up and says, yes. What can I do for you two? Uh, can we go somewhere private and have a have a talk? I guess the dining room's probably open at this point. Let's go try there. If they go into the dining room, she's going to make sure, like, doors are closed and nobody's looking in the windows. When you get to the dining room, there's a couple of kids that look up. They're all various mutations. They're definitely commoner children. Mm -hmm. Kind of look up at you, and she says, uh, privacy, please. And they look a little irritated as they go out, out of the dining room. So she will, she will sit down with them fairly close so she can talk quietly, and she's going to take out the willow branches. And she says, so while we were out, I came across these, and these are seeds from one of the three fey trees. Melise looks very confusedly at, at Cora, and Cora says, I... Fae, fae trees, they're legends. We, they're real. I've heard of, they're real. I mean, wouldn't they all be lost to the thorns? Well, here's the thing. They're fae trees, and the pact surrounding them is that they are the memory keepers for humans because our memories are short, because we don't live very long. And the thorns give them a 50-foot radius. They won't grow 50, within 50 feet of them. Now, this tree gave me three of its branches covered in seeds. 
and we planted one in the grove, and Sable has a spell where she can make things grow very quickly. In fact, you might have her look at your orchard trees when she gets back. But so she cast the spell on the seed that we put in the ground, and the thorns backed off 50 feet. I thought I've got three branches, and I think one branch should be enough. If we planted these along your thorn line, you would never have to pay anyone to cut thorns here again. You could pay them to take care of the trees instead, which would be a much less hazardous occupation. So I think Cora reaches out to touch one of these branches, and she's handling it like it's porcelain glass uh-huh. as she sort of pulls it up and inspects it and says, if that's, if that's true, we, we should plant them immediately. Yeah. So I was thinking, because like with Sable casting this spell, if she's willing, like it's sort of got a radius thing. So I thought if we put all the seeds in pots, and then she casts a spell, and then we just plant the saplings, you know, 100 feet apart, all across your border. Cora says, I, we could do that. There's definitely something unusual with the land. We might not want to plant them until we have Sable's magic. Yeah, agreed. But I have to put the seeds in the dirt, like fadeal, fadeal. Yeah. <laughs> you just admitted to them that you made a fadeal? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, she she admitted that she acquired these from a fay tree. So, okay. I mean. Melissa's eyes kind of narrow at that. And I, I think Cora, like, gets up holding one of these branches and hands it back to you and says, I'll go get the, I'll go get the pots and just kind of darts out of the room. What What exactly did you pay for that? Uh, well, I agreed to plant them. That was, that was the payment. I asked for the branches. I see. And so you just traded planting the seeds for the seeds? Yeah. Fascinating. So they don't come with any strings attached to them. I mean, there was a, no, no strings attached. Okay. (laughs) And do you want something for this service? You know, Melise, I would, I would like, Cora to be credited with it if it works, honestly. My best function is when I'm below notice, so I don't really want to do anything or take credit for something that's going to change that. So I think Cora and Sable should probably be credited for it if it even gets out, if you even want word to get out. I haven't agreed to this yet, but if it is what you say it is, it's it's this is truly amazing. This would be the, the biggest development in in land management here. And yeah, and if if these trees, if the trees that grow from these seeds, if their seeds are face seeds, eventually we could ring the whole kingdom. She looks at you and says, "That is the catch. We can't be the only ones who have these trees." No, I'm going to plant a set at my house and I'm going to offer Sable a set for her house if she would like it. If they don't, I guess I can offer it to the poor Ninos. I don't know. I hadn't thought that far ahead if the Verathes don't want it. We may have to claim it's an experiment of Lady Mievs then. If we have something the other noble houses don't, I'm concerned that we won't. That we will be, be too far above notice, as you would say. Well, Melissa, I, I don't understand all the politics between the human and the fae, but from what I understand, this place is a little set apart. There are human politics and there are fairy politics, and the human ones are my concern. Well, it's your land, Melissa, so 
I'll let Cora make arrangements, but I need to I need to talk to Hanzo and Miev. I'll go help Cora. You can find Cora. She's got like all kinds of planter pots pulled out. Mm-hmm. She'll help her with like soil and compost and you know whatever she's hauling. You are Raven in the hallway when an arrival at the door. There's the usual bustle of servants that head over to it. And you hear a shout from down the hallway, and you immediately know that Iris Lunari has arrived. You imagine if there's a big funeral, he's carting mead from the farm back into town. I will let Iris come find us. Silpha as Raven looks to Jessica and whispers, That's him. That's my cousin Iris. I'll make a formal introduction later. She says, oh, this is the one I can punch, right? I wouldn't suggest doing that immediately, but wait until he gives you a reason. You do see Iris sort of turn down the main hall, and you can see people sort of stick their heads out of their rooms to kind of see what's going on. You see kids running around. Iris is doing the equivalent of finger guns at, like, most people he passes. As he hits kind of down the hallway, he looks up at Raven and Jessica and says, huh. I don't think I've met either one of you two. What's up? I am Raven, the shield maiden of Lady Jessica Evans, the dragon slayer. Oh, shit, you killed a dragon? And he he turns and looks directly at Jessica and kind of steps, like, right up to her face in in kind of like an abrupt way and is sort of reaching for her hand. (laughs) And Jessica socks him in the stomach, just (laughs) punches him. And he immediately like doubles over and kind of slams into her chest a little bit and goes, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Raven starts cackling madly. <laughs> Iris has like one hand on his stomach, sort of grabs at Jessica's, you know, leather jerkin because she's like never without armor and sort of pulls his head up. Iris is like a little shorter than Jessica all in all. He's kind of scrawny, actually. Like you might call him scrappy. And Iris looks straight into Jessica's eyes and says, you are the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And then coughs. And Jessica cocks her head to the side and just knees him in the junk. (laughs) No, Jessica, you're going to need that later. You might want it. You might want it. I think Iris is sort of laying on the floor now, like in a in a little ball, just <laughs> coughing. Yeah. And Jessica's sort of looking down at him, and she says, "What? What the hell are you supposed to be?" And I think Iris starts like grabbing her pant leg and using it to sort of pull himself upright until he's finally standing again, and is sort of leading with a hand on his side, going, "Hey, uh, <clears throat> ooh, uh, ooh, hey, um." <clears throat> You want to get a mead? And I think Jessica, like, looks over at Raven. What possesses you to think you are worthy of my lady? Is is he bothering you, my lady? I think Jessica gives you this confused look, and then you can see the gears kind of turning in her head as she seems to have forgotten your Raven, and then goes, you know what? I'll take you up on that mead. And she just grabs Iris by the arm and starts dragging him out of the room. Iris is like, limping along gasping for air still and the two of them disappear leaving you to do whatever it is you'd like to do at home rev 
<laughs> oh my. Um, so excited. <laughs> Silpha, I think, wants to stay as out of notice as possible, so she'll return to her room, the governess's suite, and begin doing what Silpha does, which is laying out plans and writing letters. She will first write a letter to Thomas Drury, and the letter is non-magical. It just expresses concern about current events in the kingdom and a desire for his safety and that of his loved ones, and offers that if there's any assistance that she can give that would be welcomed by his family, please let her know. And then she will write a second letter to her father, completely in illusory script. Anyone else who reads it gets a set of terrible dad jokes. <laughs> and she informs her father that she has invited a guest to the estate and that they will likely show themselves in by way of the meditation grove. And then finally, she'll write a letter to Leslie that is also completely illusory and summarizes everything we learned about the Masons and their history. And she hints that there are no more vampires in the crypt and also expresses a concern regarding the nature of whatever magic may have extended their mentor's life to 950 years. So let's cut back over to House Barathi. So the carriage is pulling up. It's not a long trip from town to House Barathi. The servants are much more numerous than they used to be because your house has absorbed probably 220 new humans. So there's like two dozen people dressed as sort of servants waiting to receive the carriage. Is there anything you'd like to do, Sable? I want to freshen up. I'll tell Yennefer, you know, I've been traveling for a long time. I am caked in blood. I would like to clean myself. Is the room still available? And she says, yes, the old matron's room is still set up for you. And uh, I didn't reassign your old room yet. Although I will very shortly. We have far too many people here. Where would you prefer me? Head to the old matron's room. It's still yours. I have found a space that I prefer. Okay. I'm, I'm going to head there with Helena. Three hours in the chapel, please. <sighs> Family meeting. Wanted to be able to talk to Freya and or Adelaide to just get an idea of what's going on at the house and how, how the servants are being treated. Also, to get an idea of how I'm going to get treated here now. You find Freya. Freya really liked you. Yeah. So, I mean, she immediately treats you like you're not the Baroness anymore, but like yeah. basically high up family. She can fill you in. Like, Yennefer's only been in charge for a couple of days now. Yeah. She establishes a chain of command, very much like the matron did, in which mm -hmm. Yennefer is basically untouchable by anyone. It's not that they're not allowed to talk to her. It's that they just wouldn't dare. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be the mood of the house. The only people that are actually working directly with Yennefer are Hester, Ophelia, and the head of security. Okay, so two people that came out of the thorns with her. I figured with 200 people here, I would get an idea of how Yennefer was going to run the house pretty quickly. One of the things you realize very quickly is uh, everybody gets a good berry every morning a magic berry yeah. that feeds them for the day. And then they prepare real food <laughs> yeah. for, for the actual heads of the household. But basically like every druid is just burning magic 
you know, I just want to let Freya know that even though I am not the Baroness, thank goodness, anymore, you know, your friendship is greatly appreciated and any information that you can provide to me would also be appreciated. I'm here every morning, as you know. Well, let me let me know if you need anything. Don't don't tell Yennefer this, but you you're my favorite, so. Aww. I'm not going to tell Yennefer anything. Okay. <laughs> She uh, nods and seems to take that as an acknowledgement of you being nice to her. If you hear anything, slip me a note, and I'll make a little bit of small talk with everyone, Adelaide, Bessie, everybody. And then unless Helena wants to do anything, I'll just wait for the meeting. Helena doesn't really have anything. She cleans up, straightens her room, pulls out a box of stuff, writes her sister's name on it, and has a messenger run the box out to her sister. You can arrive in the chapel, which seems to be where... Yennefer has set up her base of operations. All right. Interesting. So the chapel was an unused room, essentially, under the matron. She was a druid through and through and was almost frustrated that this room existed here. Mm. It was tentatively cleaned, but basically no one ever went in it. With Yennefer, she seems to have decided that it makes a, a good base of power. It seems to be designed to have someone talk from a pulpit to a group of people. Hmm. The stage area, which isn't very big, has like a big table and a podium on it. Mm-hmm. Then the sort of pews or benches that that kind of line the place have sort of been moved to the side to make room for, for chairs. So you come in, there is two cloaked and hooded figures purposefully hiding their faces, sitting in the back. Uh, by the wall, in benches, and sort of ignoring the chairs. Sitting in the chairs are uh, basically the old circle. So Hester, Gretchen, Patricia, Ophelia, and then when Helena gets there, she sits down, and you arrive, and there is a chair for you. Okay. And then the last person to walk in is Laura Laverathy. Yeah. Who is in a whole new body. She, uh, She ended up with kind of the same hair and eye color, Roughly the same build, just a fundamentally different face, and sort of sits down. She seems to have shaved a few years off with her resurrection from the body she's in. And Yennefer says, well, welcome, family. Now, as some of you had heard, there was a little kerfuffle with the fairies around Sable. Uh, But I am led to believe that that is resolved. Correct, Sable? Kerfuffle? Yes, you are... On neutral terms again? I believe so, if that's what we're discussing. Just need to get that out of the way so that everybody understands that you're safe to be here. It's safe. Excellent. Now, it is time for us to make some plans. I have developed something, and she pulls a small silver amulet out of the podium. This, when it is touched by a person, will... Uh, tell us how much fairy magic flows through them. And as she's holding it, it does glow. Okay. And when she sets it down on the podium, it it fades. We need to do some recruiting in town. I would like a small team to take this amulet and socialize. And if you can find someone who makes it glow a lot, bring them here. I would like to offer them a job. This will be step one. A gathering of power, if you will. And she picks the amulet up and looks around the room. The real question is, does Sable volunteer? Otherwise, she will choose someone else. I don't want to pick it up in front of people. (laughs) 
I also don't want to volunteer to do this for her. But at the same time, I don't really want anybody else doing it. (laughs) So in your hesitation, she tosses the amulet to Helena. Okay. So when Helena grabs it, it glows ever so slightly. Oh. As it picks up on what you assume is probably the circle of the moon. Mm -hmm. She looks at it and looks a little concerned and then a little proud. Okay. If Helena is still my personal guard, I'll go with her. She says, well, until we're in the clear, it probably would be good to have Helena guard you. Helena, I have appointed a new head of security. And Helena kind of tilts her head a little bit. It's not clear from her face, but you're thinking maybe mixed emotions on this one. Yeah. And she says, okay, that is what we will do. I would like to move on to our next item of business. Given our display of our prowess with magic, I expect a great attendance at our next worship service. And so we will need to plan that. Patricia, Gretchen, you're both on that. I would like a a small party, somewhat modest, to do secure some drink. And we will have, make room for mm, 50 people to show up. And the two of them sort of nod slowly. And Gretchen says, plan a party. Okay, we can do that. Hester and Ophelia, two of you are, need you to go gather lore on fairy warding, negotiate with the other houses, whatever you need to do. I believe I have found some answers. I think we can make a brisk side business setting up wards against fairies for the other houses. And the two of them nod. I have a question. Yes, Sable. Of the druids. Yennefer, are you leading them now? Probably. The circle of the land will come together here soon and we'll have a a formal vote. But if I understand the history, whoever has the most power uh, magically gets the job. And there is no one remotely in contention. Uh, I'll nod. The room pretty much also nods. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is pretty quiet. And then Yennefer says, well, I will attend to the lumber meetings. <laughs> There's just such a sigh of relief. <laughs> it's a very quiet sigh of relief, but it is definitely a sigh of relief. Oh, thank the gods. <laughs> Don't have to do lumber anymore. <gasps> and the room gets up and sort of wanders out. Is there anything you'd like to do immediately? It is fairly late in the day. Like, if you wanted to get back to town, you leave now. Yeah. Still have a couple of... Those are second level spells. So I could do three of them. Okay. With everything that has happened, I I really want to try to get back to my friends to let them know what's going on, if it's at all possible. So you have, you have a choice. You could head to town successfully. Yeah. To get back out to House Lunari that is traveling at night. I'm going to tell Helena that I think quite a lot has changed and that my friends need to know about it as soon as possible before we try to go back into the thorns. Do you think it worth it to make it back to the estate tonight. Well, it's probably worth it to go to town tonight. There'll be a lot of parties, so there'll be a a lot of opportunities to try to get someone to touch this amulet. Let's talk about it when we get to town. I think town is a good idea. It is dusk, basically, Mm -hmm. as you set out to town, and it's about 45 minutes walk. As you're getting into town, it is is dark. You can see that town is hopping. Like, most Mm -hmm. people don't go outside after dark. But some people are braving it because there's a lot of extra firelight. Mm-hmm. So anytime the nobles have a, a shindig, even if it's a somber affair, 
they they buy a lot of things and so there's mm. almost always a party that night so you can see social lies is booming <laughs> as there's just dozens and dozens and dozens of people i mean knowing who has fey power is a great idea anyway so i agree with helena that having the opportunity to get people to you know play with the amulet is a good idea helena says so i don't work for lady miev but I do work for you and for House Varathi. And so I think my priority here is going to be this amulet test. Mm -hmm. If you are, want to get out to the estate, I can go with you in the morning or you can risk it tonight. I, you're, frankly, I think at this point, you're more powerful than I am, Sable. So. It's up to you. Uh, otherwise, I will get a room at Social Lies for the for the evening. We need to talk carefully about how much influence we want to give to Yennefer and how much we want to tell her. Well, I didn't get a great amount of experience of the fairy wild, but if Cass is to be believed, Yennefer is going to take all of the influence, whether we give her any or not. And any piece of information we offer her she is going to use for her benefit. I would advise you offer her nothing unless it benefits you first. Well, I nod and I'd say I would ask much the same of you in regards to this amulet and who you out as far as the power that they might wield. I would also like to know. Well, I don't actually know how this works or what it's going to detect. So maybe we do some tests with it i think i'd stay and have a test or two with you and then i might head out i know it's dusk i don't think an hour will make much difference can i see it she hands you the amulet it glows uh, a little brighter than when she holds it okay so now i have a good idea of what it's actually looking for but it's it's not very bright so she heads into social lies and people are drinking and having a massive party oh my god yeah i'm like up against a wall because don't bump me please <laughs> helena's gonna have to take the lead on this so yeah. uh, she she wanders around kind of bumping into people initially I, th I don't think she's gonna try to talk people into touching her amulet <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's not a very charismatic person truth be told <laughs> she's much better at being scary than, than friendly. Yeah. I think she just bumps into people with yeah. the amulet in her hand. And you can watch her just make the rounds. She bumps into people that are less mutated. It doesn't glow. She bumps into people that are more mutated. It doesn't glow. Yeah. She bumps into the owner and just fair, not, not really no glowing is happening. And then I'm going to roll her a dice. She bumps into a sickly looking scribe. And a blinding flash of light rolls through this amulet that just, like, causes the whole room to stop what they were doing and turn. And Helena says, oops, and shoves it in her pocket. Wow. Can I make my way over to this person? Yeah. The room is very confused. They're slowly going back to their conversations. Yeah. But it causes people to, like, not bump into you and pay attention. and You can walk right up to them. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yay. <laughs> I'll kind of breeze my way through there and being the incredibly social person that I am, I walk over and say, 
hi. This person looks up at you. Let's let's build this person together. It's a sickly looking scribe, male or female? Uh, male. Sickly looking. What's this person's name? Lorem Ipsum. <laughs> Lorem it is. <laughs> hi, hi. I'm I'm Lorem. Hi, Lorem. What house are you from? I'm I'm not with a house. I'm a I'm a free person. Um, but I'm a a scribe for uh for hire. Oh, for hire. Yes. Uh, th- that that's that's good. Uh, my name is Sable. Um, I am associated with House Farathi. I I've uh, I've heard of you. I recorded some of your exploits oh. uh, recently. I just my shoulders just sink <laughs> and my head drops. <laughs> And they they like um, you know all, all, all positive all positive exploits. <laughs> I, I say lies aren't becoming. Oh no and... no I I you um you you're great great uh and they just trail off. But you're for hire. Y- yes, uh, I um I work. Have you, you a know, contract different, now? Different jobs, retainers, that sort of thing. Um. Uh, well, n- no, but I- I've got good leads. Um, I can usually show up uh, for any of the businesses and work on ledgers most of the time. Um, is there something specific you're looking for? Uh, not particularly yet, but I think House Farathi will have need. Oh, okay. Can you tell me where I- we can find you, Lorem? Yeah, uh, I I, uh, well, I live just around the corner with my parents. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ibsen? Yeah, just stop on by or send a letter, you know, uh, anything like that. If you'll excuse me, I can't stay out too late. I And they stand up and out head out. Out they go. Uh, after about an hour, I'll see if Helena wants to continue with the amulet or if she wants to pass it off. You've hit everybody in Socialize that you could find. Helena's got in a room. She hands you the amulet and says, like, well, if you want to... Try anybody else, great. Otherwise, I'm just going to settle in. Yeah, I'm curious. I'll come back to town in the morning. No problem. If I'm not here, I'll be at the chapel visiting my sister. I'm going to see if I can't get back to the estate. Pro- probably the fastest would be a horse, I would think. Yeah, roll me a d20, though, as you're leaving the bar. Oh, 13. You see a group of, of guards out and about, and you do see Hanzo Lunari sort of giving some what you assume pickpocket a stern talking to while the other guards <laughs> roll their eyes just incessantly and Hanzo spots you and waves. I wave back and wait until he finishes talking. Yeah, he, he finishes scolding them and they run off and he says, ah, that, that'll teach him. <laughs> he walks over to you and says, Sable, how are you? I am as well as can be expected, you. Not bad at all. It's uh, a busy night, but everybody's sure. everybody's doing their part to keep the community uh, happy, healthy, and safe. How is your family doing? Um, good. Yeah, as far as I can tell, quite good. Everybody's very happy now that Silfa's back in court. Uh, she seems to be doing really well. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard uh, that she's the best scribe that they have actually had there in over 20 years. Well, that doesn't surprise you or me, does it? No, it really doesn't. She's quite, quite special. She is indeed. So it is after dark, though, miss. And yes. He, he gives you this fatherly, stern look. 
I, I'm, I'm heading inward very soon. Good. Yes. Well, just be safe. Hanzo. Oh, God. How can I, like, manage to touch him with this thing? I'm not going to do it. I want to so bad. He's a giant beetle man with armor strapped to his beetle plates. I know. <laughs> he's very touchable. I know he's very touchable, but with the amulet. And I'm afraid that it's going to flash, like, this massive light. Reasonable expectation. <sighs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very reasonable expectation. So, but I want to see if it flashes as brightly as this other guy, you know? Sure. Like, that's what I want to see. Sounds like fun to me. I think you should do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a game, Sandra. Do the dangerous thing. I know. <laughs> I, you know, like, my character is not exactly backed away from danger at this point. Look at this cool party trick. <laughs> I was like, Hanzo, can I test something? Well, of course. Anything you want. I said, okay, well, I've been working on a piece of uh, equipment, let's say, that will... It illuminates uh, quite powerfully, but I haven't managed to really get it to work. And I will hold it out, and you'll see that it glows very faintly. And, and he says, ah, well, have you tried smacking it real good on something? Uh, like how, I say, hand it to him. Hanzo grabs it. It it gets a little bit brighter. It didn't even quite make candlelight when you were holding it. Mm -hmm. It it gets to about a, a lantern, nowhere near the bright flash. And he is going to roll his Arcana skill. Of, yeah. <laughs> appropriate, Hanzo. Appropriate. <laughs> Did he roll a one? The dice, no. He, I don't know nothing about magic. That's Silpha. That's Silpha's area. He gets a four. <laughs> so he, he kind of like flicks it with his finger and then like sets it on the ground and kind of kicks it a little bit and then says, ah, you know what? I'm out of ideas and hands it back to you. Oh, she's looking for fetches. And that is our show. A special thanks to Todd Ferguson of My Pet Machine for our tunes, Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo, and new this week, Addie Nelson, who made a lovely map of Fenrir that you can see on our Podium blog or our Facebook page. Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you found this podcast. iTunes is a great place. That is how people find us. What is Yennefer Verathi up to? What attacked House Drury? Do our heroes care? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. live i'm live we're, we're live. recording <laughs> we're here right now and we're recording and satan <laughs> i'm here to serve you master oh hold on i moved my monster manual bookmarks for my other game <gasps>
You're I was, cheating on us with another game? This is the cheating. only game that matters, Nate. <laughs> I was cheating. You caught me. Are their names Fezzik, Inigo, and Vincini? It could be. <laughs> if they are, we all be dead. <laughs> Anyone want a peanut?